Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing great. We're back in Finnegan's we're again. Back in the bar. It's a bit cold. So we're on the latte. It's early. It is early. Doors, I haven't even got it? a latte. If you look closely, you might be able to see. We've got. We've installed new heating we in the bar, haven't we? Heating, and it's yeah. kind of. Feel like it's, we're getting it's like a suntan and gonna fit in properly just, just now. Just me to my shoulders. <laughs> yeah, everything goes. Waist down and frozen. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. But, um, it's great to be here. It is, and we're here yeah. for a special extra recording, aren't we? We are, yeah. And so we've got the fantastic Carl Beach we coming have. to join us. I've been us excited about this. One. Really excited. We're we're yeah. we're getting on straight away. But we will, yeah. Carl is a fantastic guy. He's a real um, visionary. Oh, he's, he's a pioneer. He is he? a pioneer. He's been pioneering and stuff for years. Yeah, he you is. You know what I mean? So. It's great to have him on, particularly to do with men. Definitely. So that's that's definitely. Uh, so let's welcome yeah. him on straight yeah. away. Carl, great to have you here, mate. Thanks for coming to join oh, us. Hi, oh, boys. Good to be with you. How are you doing? How are things today? I'm doing good. Welcome to the Bonsai Palace. Yeah. Love it. Loving the Bonsai behind you. Oh, yeah, a good. few more down the other end, but yeah. Is this? Are you in your garden, mate? Where Where are you? Yeah, I've got like a, a little house out mm. here in uh, Staveley in Derbyshire. So uh, I needed a man cave. So nice. I, I, I bet I'm not like you, Alan, where you've like made this amazing thing over many years. I've, I've got one that was put up in a day. Yours is probably warm and <laughs> yeah. old, Carl. Yeah. You've probably, oh, you know, yours is insulated yeah, and everything, beautiful. probably, you know, not like this. This yeah. has been made out of scrap wood and pallets. So <laughs> oh, mate, it's, it's not the this best. This is amazing. Yeah. It's like a tropical haven. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It looks fantastic. It does. Yeah. And Carl, you're you have your finger in many pies, doing yeah. loads of mm. loads of great stuff, and it was just this this conversation could and probably will go anywhere. But I thought we'd start straight away with your involvement in something called CVM, yeah, Christian yeah. Vision for Men, um, which you've been part of for many years. You're the president yeah. of now, which I love the title, by the way. Pre I th Pre well, president. Yeah, El Presidente is what I'm more comfortable with. Yeah, no, El, I would be. We can as well. go with that. I would be. Yeah, yeah, El Presidente. And I noticed yeah. I was looking on the um, the bio this morning, and it said um, Christian visit vision for men, introducing men to Jesus and the church to men. Wow, which yeah. I really like because I yeah. do you know what I found and. We like we have loads of fellas in from Finnegan in Finnegan's tonight who d aren't in church or who um, you know are not sure or just poke, you know have, they're just hanging out in the bar for the night and we spend the night in the evening uh, yeah. talking about all sorts banter yeah, faith yeah, yeah. having a chat but what I found is it's easier to introduce men to Jesus than it is to introduce men to the church in the sense that. Well, yeah, it just it that feels like the harder part of the equation sometimes. Them to, to church, yeah. type, whatever so, that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. is. It is. Yeah, it defo is. What's, defo is. What's been? What's what's talk a little bit about CVM and maybe speak a little bit about that for us, Carl. Yeah, so it's it's. I think it's thirty-one years old now, wow. um, and it basically came about because a bunch of blokes realised that there were there were less men in church than women. I think at the time it was set up, the ratio is around, you know, 70, 30 women to men. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the conclusion was at the time, I don't think Jesus loves women more than men. So, <laughs> you know, it's something, it's something gone wrong here in the way yeah. we're communicating. I was, I was in a meeting and... once, Carl, and uh, some fella got up to give some sort of prophetic word and he was trying to do the kind of inclusive sort of thing. And he got yeah, up and yeah. he went... Just want to say, Jesus loved the ladies. 
I had to get up and speak after him. I well, was just like, mate, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I hear all kinds of amazing Sorry, lines like being in a church once and someone, the worship leader, standing up and saying, Jesus wants to romance you this morning. Oh, I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know. But I get yeah. introduced as this is Cole Beach. He has a huge passion for men. Sorry, I A bit awkward. Yeah, so it was an evangelistic movement. And, you know, 31, 32 years on, mm. there's hundreds of men's groups all spread around the country. And we sort of educate church leaders and church leadership teams how to integrate men in the church, how to win men to Jesus, introduce them to the faith, yeah, and how to, you know, get them on the front foot of discipleship and all that kind of stuff. But out and out evangelists, really, tell, telling men about Jesus, because we think only Jesus can change your life and your destiny and give your life to the full. So yeah. But the working class men in particular are missing. Yeah. They don't want to go. Men don't like sitting in rows, listening to one expert project content at them, do they? No, no, no. no. We have to work at all that stuff. And we found, we found, yeah, people, you know, would be more, way more comfortable watching this and having a little think about it or chatting in the pub, innit? If we're down the pub and you think, I think this, my mate, I'd really struggle to, to introduce him to the church, but I mean, and we we work hard locally, don't we, to yeah. make church as friendly a place for a, <laughs> yeah. a fella to, to come in yeah. and approachable. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. we um just those conversations you can have with your mates at, in the pub, which we I just go to the pub love. every. I, I basically lost connect uh, touch with all my mates years ago right. from school and all that, and we were younger and with when I became a Christian, which is weird, isn't it? Because I ended up in Christian circles doing all the time That's the churchy happens. stuff. And then I had no mates. Mm. I suddenly realised yeah. I've got no mates unless they're in church. Yeah. Mm. And 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 no. So after going to one of their funerals that died, well, I actually ended up in the wrong funeral because they gave me the wrong time. And I sat through this funeral of someone <laughs> who I didn't know. And then <laughs> got the wake and most of them are gone because it was uh, honest. What a day. But they said, um, they, someone said to me, oh, they come in on a Monday night. So since then, and it must be five or six years easy, since then, I go a lot of Mondays to that. Well, nice. it's a different pub now because that one's shut. But it's, it's just to see these five fellas, you know what I mean? And we just sit there, we have a chat, we talk about life, the wife, you mm. know, Netflix, footy, just just stuff. It's not, you know. It's, and but then occasionally. It's a, oh, we talk faith. Yeah. We definitely talk faith. I mean, the amount of times that they get me one-on-one instead of like in the crowd, they give me stick, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm always getting jokes Classic. back faith and all that type of stuff um, but a one-on-one stuff they'll all talk to me um, and open up about well, it's stuff. amazing Alan it's yeah. amazing what men will talk about when they're on their own with, yeah. a, with a few other blokes and it's mm. not what people think it's not all just the football and the Formula One they do talk about life and the universe and everything they do because yeah. yeah. blokes are searching and it, it's a caricature to say that they don't but they moderate their behaviour in the wrong environment Yeah, you know Interesting. And so we need to create the, the right spaces I'm a big advocate for a lean-in post or bar in every single church building. The oh. folks like to lean on something and have a chat, don't they? Yeah, do you know what you we've got? First shelf up. Do you know what we've got, mate? And we've got one of them here because as soon as Alan saw him, he was having them away. But we got donated <laughs> some furniture for the church and we've got yeah. these massive barrels with a, a piece of wood and a glass on top. And they're just perfect, nice. aren't they? Yeah, for and leaning on it. The number of lads who come in and go... I've got to have one of those, and it's like join the queue. Alan's already nicked one, but <laughs> there's only nice. two left. So, yeah. so one of those spaces which we have really benefited from ourselves, yeah, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. have brought lads along to, and again, lads who I 
def- would say I'd feel nervous if I brought them to church. Like, how would they mm. find this? But they've thrived in the gathering. And we've seen people come to faith right. at the gathering, but we've also seen people who have not come to faith, but you can tell yeah. they've been drawn and well, they've seen something that they attracted. Well, I'll they tell like. you what normally happens, Carl. We bring someone who's new to the gathering. They come and they're all a bit suspicious. Yeah. That it's a bit difficult yeah. to get them in the meetings. They sit in the overflow tent, watch the screen, and you'd actually think they're hating every minute of this. Yeah. This yeah. has happened at least twice. Yeah, yeah. And then we we sort of say we're going the next year, and they go, oh, yeah, I don't want to go to that. It's boss. And you're yeah. like, what happened there? Because everything about you while you were there, you hated every second of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then the next year, they're giving their lives to Jesus. Wow. That's what so, that, so the gathering That's exactly is, what happens. Is a, how would you describe... I, mean, I know I've heard you describe it in all sorts of uh, wonderful yeah. ways, Carl, but how would you describe well, the gathering, which is a summer summer gathering of lads, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Top Gear meets Songs of Praise, is what I often say. <laughs> yeah. So um, it basically came out of my head... Uh, 12, 13 years ago, I was at a men's conference that I was running and I was boring myself. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I'm so bored of myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm bored of my talks. I'm bored of my I'm own events. It, we were actually on a on a ferry. We advertised it as a cruise from mm. Liverpool to Dublin. Okay. Uh, but actually, it was a, we took over a ferry. Wow. And we had 300 blokes on there. Uh, There's a long story behind it. And we were almost going to go bankrupt because it all blew up <laughs> spectacularly badly financially. But anyway, uh, while, we were on a, while we were on a ship, and at the time, you know, I, I know we might talk about my sober journey earlier, but at yeah. the time I was in my second Guinness. Mm. And uh, someone said to me, I, I said, I'm bored of this. I was, oh, we got, if we survive this, we've got to sack this off. And they said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, blow stuff up. <laughs> rock bands shoot people you know <laughs> tell people about jesus eat bad food yeah have a riot you know fill a field with thousands of people and they said well what do you need and i said well i need a field and i'll kid you not there were written multiple witnesses to this this posh bloke came over yeah you know, i knew his posh instantly because he had the posh look yeah <laughs> wealth hair and wealth appearance you know yeah. and Most he was carrying a cardboard tube and he said <laughs> He said, are you Carl Beach? Now, because I'm working class background, whenever someone super yeah. posh talks to me, I start mimicking them because I get all nervous. <laughs> and I went, I went, oh, yes, I am. He said, he said, can I show you what's in my tube? And I went, yes. Wow. And he, and he undid this tube and, it, and he rolled out a map of polo fields. And he said, I've just bought these polo fields. Oh, God. And I went, wow. Oh, Standard. And he said, <laughs> and, he said and I, my son had a vision of thousands of men coming to Christ on these fields. Would you like to use them? Wow. Well, so I'm like, wow. So we set up the gathering and I'd never run a festival before. So first year we had the world's grumpiest barman from Swindon. The tent wasn't big enough. We didn't have enough toilets. The toilets broke. The showers didn't work. But we, we told men about Jesus and about 20 of them came to Christ. We had about 280, 300 there. And then over 10 years, it grew to just under a few thousand. Yeah. Wow. And then we've had, and then the Battle of Britain Memorial flight started to sponsor us and Formula One teams brought their cars yeah. along and, it got crazy. You know, last year we had another tribute band where we had we had 1,500 blokes singing Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping up and down. And then we tell them about Jesus on Saturday night, loads of storytelling, and I yeah. think we must have seen about 1,300 blokes uh, give their lives to Jesus now. Incredible. Uh, and it's great. Yeah, amazing. It's one of the best things I've ever done. It is a special place. And it we, I, I met the first year... Oh, we've we did it. We've done it classic. Yeah. You know, first year we went, 
I think some of, one of the guys in our group said, I'll bring the tents and yeah. the, 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 the yeah. cooker and all that. And so we arrived, he had two bags and it was half of a tent. Half of a tent. Half of one tent and half of another tent. Yeah. And then no what was tent. it? And then he had- The cooker was broke. The cooker was we broken. We had no food. And so- uh, Some fella oh, turns no. up with a stick of broccoli. Was that- <laughs> That's the stick of broccoli. That's all he broke. Was that the year it was an absolute mud pit or was that a oh, different year? I remember no, one year. I feel like oh, that no, was that another year. year. I, don't, oh. I have no recollection of that year. That's a fable. <laughs> that, that, that People tell me it was year. 2016, I, but it didn't happen. I give up my shoes. my mate's awning. I literally- Dits me shoes in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I've never. Everyone thinks I'm in some posh tent. I, I slept in my mate's awning for the first eight years. I got flooded out. That's why. Yeah. Respect Ooh. for that. Respect for that. I, yeah. Alan was just walking around sight. Uh, like a feral, like no shoes, just like a homeless man, just yeah. wandering around. Oh, I was like, I just, <laughs> oh, I love it. He'd abandoned his uh, shoes brilliant. in some mud pit. But I just threw them away. Yeah. <laughs> it was pointless. But we had Danny on, and you've met yeah. Danny, Carl, but we had Danny coming uh, to Finnegan's one night, and he told the story of how, you know, he had he come to faith and had this experience of God yeah. in the tent, you know, stood at the back wow. with uh, a bottle of beer in his hand and just... Uh, it's just suddenly he's like his head spinning. And you he know, ended up in the prayer tent. Ended yeah. up in the oh, prayer tent. Yeah. And just yeah. seeing I think how my God had moved. tweet on Twitter is um, someone said, and I was standing at the back of the tent. I just preached. And so I walked past and I see the toilet. And someone went, hold me beer. I need to go to the front and give me life to Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he passed his beer to the steward. He stood his beer. He went down wow. the front, wept, gave his life to Jesus, came back and got his beer. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I remember the year that... Um, I mean, because Graham Kendrick does it, you know, the, the worship stuff. And I remember mm. the year that Shine Jesus Shine got a, like, a relaunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Because something broke, the words yeah. broke on the projector and he couldn't do the song he wanted to do and someone shouted, Shine Jesus Shine. Cause, well, uh, he said, he shouted out, give the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and he started to play. And I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not, I don't get overly emotional with stuff and all that. Uh, that was a holy moment. Mm, in was, in yeah. in that tent, that mm. was a holy moment. That was one of them moments when some you felt something special happening. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I agree. People then started trying to sing "Shine Jesus Shine" after, and it was just not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to recreate but, it, trying to recreate it. But in, in that moment, that was something. Mm. There was something happening there with the spirit of God. Mm. I mm. I think it was it was special. I think we need to bring a lad, a group of lads from Finnegan's down to the gathering this we will. summer. That's what we'll do. We'll yeah. invite them. What, when, when's, what the, what's the date, uh, Carl, for the, the gathering this summer? I think it's summer? the 24th to 26th of June, but let me just, weekend, let me right just double check that because that could be spectacularly wrong. <laughs> I'm not the dates guy. No. no. <laughs> Sounds like I'm just Alan. a hired gun these days. Um, <laughs> so, um, I think that yeah, would be no, spot on, wouldn't almost, it? Yeah, 20, yeah. 20, uh, 23rd to the 25th. All right. Well, give June. us a shout if uh, any of our any of the Nuggets are watching. Uh, yeah. Let us know if you fancy if you coming fancy down to the gathering. gathering. It's a laugh. You can throw axes. It's Drop. boss. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, but 500 sides, game of footy. Uh, oh, zip great, wires. Did you know? Did you know I can get insurance for axe throwing, but not the football? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. Someone always breaks their leg. So, yeah. <laughs> in fairness, carnage. there's more of a chance of a payout, isn't there, for the footy? So. Yeah, we do. Um, we do give an annual injury award. We do. Nice. But, yeah, we, one that, year we had a bloke entered the competition who cut his finger on a tin of hot dogs. Yeah. And then we had another guy who had a heart attack. Yeah. And he the didn't guy win. Cut his, the guy cut his finger one because the heart attack had, was a pre-existing condition. Yeah. Oh wow. Walls. He's trying yeah. to cheat in there. No, not having that. Yeah. Not I know. That. And you do this thing where you ban fruit as well. 
Yeah. Where, where did that come and from? expressive dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> a few. <laughs> uh, the fruit band was a spontaneous joke yeah. 10 years ago yeah. when I started banning. So I get heckled by all the guys and I banned fruit. And then it escalated over the years to a series of very complicated bylaws <laughs> of what is permissible or not permissible. You know, whether it's fermented, whether it's been processed, how much additional yeah. sugar has been added. Uh, and then one year we actually had a, we had a fighter pilot who'd been on operations over Afghanistan. Wow. He was a typhoon pilot, and he'd actually bought with him a, a ration pack of papaya fruit. Wow. <laughs> so we actually, we hauled him up on the stage, and we said, what should we do with him? And 1,500 blokes shut, or 2,000 blokes shut it out, burn him! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, it's an interesting, interesting move to publicly shame you know, the in forces. Some ways, Carl, <laughs> in some ways, Carl, that's quite funny what you say about the fruit thing. It started off as this thing, and yeah. then it escalated, and to all these bylaws and everything... Sometimes we do that with the Bible, don't we? We it, we start oh, off with yeah. the simplicity of something. I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's mm. a joke, but it's the simplicity of it. And then suddenly it gets all like tangled we throw, up. And we throw, we throw loads, loads of, stuff of other on little it. bylaws in, in a sense, yeah. that makes people's yeah. heads explode and don't know what's going on. So. Jesus, yeah, that's right. Jesus yeah, got keep fuming about that, didn't he? He, he got did fuming get fuming where he's saying you're throwing there. like weights on people, and that's. We're not we're not getting anything's totally right by any no, means. No, so we're no, probably more wrong than right. Yeah, but that's me. one of the things we've definitely tried to take the church through. You know, especially because we're desperate for our for our mates to be able to come down to church and um, you know to, to meet Jesus and be able to hang out with other f- lads who have kind of had the same experience. Yeah. So we're trying to strip some of that Ultimate, nonsense yeah, back. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes yeah. it feels like we're. Doing I mean, it I, well. I, I mean, I heard you speak not. years ago. I'm gonna say I don't know whether that's you even say this, but. I'm going to. He uh, does that oh, all no. the time. Uh, so brace yourself. Yeah, this is you... normally where I have to get think. Oh, I'll, I'll note the time because I'm yeah. going to have to edit this bit out. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm just ripping aside I'm not getting you. I'm yeah. not getting you into trouble yeah. here. But it's something I can never sing the song when the music fades again because of oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I sing that song, I literally, I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I'd never seen it until you pointed it out that one of your mates said. This is a weird song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go yeah. into the details of it, but I just thought that just reminded me when I was starting to. Yeah, yeah. So. but we get so stuck into this. I think. Well, the language I think I even and the heard culture. you call it churchianity, which I quite liked, Carl. I felt like I yeah. heard you use that term, which is it becomes like this Christian bubble culture, which yeah. actually a lot of the lads at Finnegan's just can't get past. Can't yeah. get past that. Well, I think there's a there's a wider and important, more important point here that. Um, I think we've got to let people journey more for themselves yeah, okay. rather than tell people what they should believe about everything. Absolutely, so yeah. for mm. me, it's like I believe that not every issue or problem in someone's life is going to be sorted out this side of eternity. Mm. My my line is you must be born again. Like you must meet Christ, but then yeah. I'll journey with you. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you work it out, you know, yeah. um, since when was I responsible for everything that you believe Yeah, yep. as a church leader? So, I'm quite content for people to have lots of diverse views. What I do is just keep pursuing Christ and his grace. And I make the Beatitudes front and centre and, yeah. you know, blessed are the meek, the humble, the peacemaker, yeah. you know, love your enemies, put that front and centre and everything else does, you know, and the cause of Christ and letting mm. people know about Jesus and everything else seems to flow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we get very panicky about everyone behaving properly. That's yeah. what, that's what I'm saying. With right, that that you know. kind of bylawy thing that we put in instead yeah. of just doing these core yeah, things and letting people work it out themselves. Trusting yeah. God, trusting His Spirit to help pe- 
get people there. You know what I mean? Yes. Instead that, of like answering every question for them, dotting every I, crossing every T. I think we got into that during the nineties. Well, and also 80s, the 90s. the formula of the way we do church isn't necessarily biblical, as Tom said. No. I do coin this phrase: yeah, yeah. "It's churchianity versus yeah. the kingdom." Yeah, you know, like the way we do things isn't necessarily the Bible. It's yeah. just mm. tradition and habit. Yeah, mm. absolutely. You know, and, and uh, so we've uh, we're 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 exploring all sorts of new ways we built. Christian Christ-centered community and it's flourishing and fruitful, yeah. but it doesn't look like normal church. Mm. Yeah, mm. And we, I mean, we we ripped up the book, didn't we? After COVID, yeah, we obviously COVID yeah. made everyone do everything different, and we were yeah. enjoying it, and it seemed to be connected with people so much that we just decided not to go back. Mm. And to the point where people were saying to us, "When are we going back to normal?" And we were like, "No, this is now normal well, for us. Mm. We're going to sit here. There's going to be more than one person on the stage talking." There's going to be more, mm. try and make it more of a discussion, more of a, That's it. a, a conversation starter rather than a conversation finisher. Um, all that type of stuff. So we, we, and we went from block of worship, 30 minutes of singing songs, you know, three or four songs, to him prayer sandwich. We're basically a him prayer sandwich now. Which is, which yeah, is just bizarre. Strange for it's us. Not, it's not it's our not background my, at all, is it? Not my preference, or it no. wasn't. I actually like it now. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I couldn't understand some people who, after COVID, which gave them that blank sheet of paper that they've been crying for for years, leaders at church, if I only had a blank piece of paper, what would I do? Well, and it's it's, it's the old problem of people want to rush back to Egypt, yeah, don't they? Absolutely. In the Bible story, you know, God frees his people, they go out into the desert and but from being slaves in Egypt, and they're like, Actually, I think I'd rather be a slave in Egypt. Yeah. It was easier. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, and yeah. I think that's the problem. Like it was a helpful disruption, but everyone rushed back to Egypt. Well, yeah. not everyone, because some of us didn't. Yeah. Some of us mm. went, right, what can we do here? Mm. You know, we for years we said church isn't about Sundays, but then it turned out it was after all. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so you've, you've you've hinted there on the this this new sort of thing. Well, there's a couple of new things you've got going on, but the edge ministries. Yeah that you've hinted yeah. at there, that you're starting to set up. Do you want to explain them to some of our lads? Yeah. So we're basically focused on on reaching people that have been overlooked and forgotten. So we mm. work in sort of the the bottom 1% areas of deprivation. And that, that, that's where I live and work as well. And all mm. our teams live and work in those areas. But we founded something called the Edge Faith Community. And and so basically, in a, in a nutshell, we kind of fused monasticism, early Methodism, this early Salvation Army, a bit of Sikh Gurdwara for hospitality, mm. um, a little bit of you know, um, kind of uh, community life of like the Bruderhof brethren type, and then chucked in rampant charismatic house church as well. Wow! So we mixed all that <laughs> together, and we basically founded the Edge Faith Community, where we 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 operate centres that we've acquired. Mm-hmm. Um, which are like villages of hope and help for anyone. So they sort of contain all sorts of projects and advice work and free meals and cafes and all, mm. all sorts, mm. all sorts of stuff. And all the help and advice people need professional youth clubs and uniform shops, alcohol, drug detox work, but the faith community runs it. Yeah. And, and yeah. we basically, we eat together. We have a communion meal, uh, as often as possible. Uh, and then we, we still teach the Bible and we have worship nights um, we have a little rule of life we call stuff we do, which is just not a plant. It happens to be on my thing, which basically says, I'll ask Jesus to guide my daily decisions. I'll be generous with my words and my stuff. I love others like Jesus loves me. I read my Bible and try my best to live it out with the Holy Spirit's help. 
few spaces for your own ones. Like I'm going to make up with my neighbor or stop punching my sister yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we keep the Sabbath holy. We say we, we rest on Sundays. Mm. We, we don't do anything. We, we rest. So we Jesus hands and feet all week and we rest on the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, so that, that's essentially what we do. Um, but last night at our Bible teaching night, it was 90 minutes of conversation, debate, cake, tea, fun, you know, uh, we have our worship night, so we have all the elements at church, but we've broken it all down. Like yeah. tonight, we've got a youth club, and but we rest on the Sabbath, and it's given life to people. And all that money that we have to put into Sunday production and stuff, we 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 put into stuff during the week. But we are we have got uh, hubs and associate churches that do meet on Sundays. We're not all doing away with it. Yeah, yeah. But we think it's a it's a mo- it's a new to coin the Christian phrase a new wine skin for new wine. Mm. So are you finding um, that seems to... people can connect with you finding people from outside the church can connect more easily with that kind of yeah, approach? Yeah, real Carl? simple. They're really easy. Like they come in for, there's so many entry points for different projects that we run in and community things that we do. And then we say to people, look, come and eat with us on Thursday night. It's a bring mm. and share meal. We don't have to bring anything. Mm. I say we break bread, that means we take communion. It's so informal, you're not gonna feel awkward. Yeah. Come, come and join us. And we've seen people baptized, come to Christ. Uh, come and eat with us, um, sharing the life of the community, local councillors and all sorts. Like, it's right. such an easy invite. Mm. And then, you know, we're not ashamed of Jesus. So we say, come and join us in our worship night and come and experience it. And it's it's like a new monastic community about the weirdness. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Love Basically. it. Love it. It sounds so good, mate. It sounds so good. And I, I, just, I thought it'd be worth us touching on because um, sometimes... Um, we, we get people in who have maybe grown up with faith yeah. and have kind of yeah. been in that had that worldview and perspective. And I think a lot of people think, well, you're kind of either grown up in church and that's when they brainwash you. And so you're stuck with it yeah. for life or you, you know, you, you just don't get that faith thing. And then you kind of look at it from the outside and feel mm. a bit mystified. But for you, you're someone who came to faith. Didn't you? you didn't grow up yeah. with faith. Tell, tell, us, yeah. tell the lads a little bit about that car. I've, I've heard you talk about it. It's really interesting. Yeah, so I'm a, what they would call a first-generation Christian, so I have no Christian heritage at all, which makes me quite rare Same, yeah. to be in sort of national leadership role, really, because mm. most of us have come through sort of generations of faith. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't the case for me. So long story short, um, uh, my dad was a flying squad cop and a regional crime squad cop and murder investigator. He's a man's man, still alive, he's in his 80s. Um, he, he taught me that, we're just dust. We're animals go back to dust. People are cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a very violent job and sort of worst of humanity. So that's what I was raised with. Um, uh, good, good, good guy. But you know, this framework philosophy of life was we live, we die, do what you got to do to get through, love your family, then you're done mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but age 12, I got given the Gideon's Bible by the Gideon guy who told mm-hmm. me to read it. Uh, or he wouldn't, he had to promise to read it or he wouldn't give us a copy <laughs> when we were sitting in the assembly. It was back in the old days, you know, so I went up and I shook his hand. He went, do you promise, son, to read this book every day? Wow. Uh, I do, so. So he gave me a copy. He said, keep your word. And so I did. <laughs> uh, my dad had taught me my word is my bond. I read it for two weeks every day. How in old were you at this point, bike, Carl? 12. How old were you? 12. 12. 12. 12. Wow. Okay. So this guy, in the front of that Gideon's Bible, it says where to read if you're yeah. sad, lonely, depressed, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's no way to read if you feel really happy. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely but, a niche market, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to kill yourself. I read it for a couple of weeks. I read it for a couple of weeks and then discovered it was made of 
Rizzlers. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. yeah, I smoked it. I smoked that one. And then at 18, I smoked it from Revelation back to Hebrews. And then at 18, uh, long story short, I was sitting in an A-level English lesson. I was doing A-level, so I wanted to join the Army as an officer in the Royal Tank Regiment. Mm. And I'd gone through selection. I needed to complete my A-levels. And um, this, my mate was sitting next to me, Big Z, this guest lecturer in the English lesson, some actor bloke said there's a, he stopped his lecture lesson. And he said, there's a group of people who are prepared to die for what they believe in. They're called born again Christians. And I wow. thought, born again Christians? Well, that's Cliff Richard, isn't it? It was like 1989. <laughs> mm. He'd just done mistletoe and wine. I'm like, <laughs> Classic. weirdo. Yeah, weirdo you know? <laughs> and he said, are there any born again Christians in this room? And my mate Bigsy put his hand up. So I'm like, what? I thought he was laugh. I thought he was having a laugh. Yeah. Uh, so I and he went, no, I am, I am one. So I said, what's going on? He went, I went to, I go to this thing called Emerson Park Evangelical Chapel. I went, what? <laughs> I thought we well, don't swear anymore. That's the point. Anyway, I took the mick out of him for about six months. I used to do impressions of the resurrection. I'd hide in the cupboard at the six one <laughs> common room and jump out. I go, I was dead. I'm alive. <laughs> and then one day when I was taking the mick out of him in front of a group of girls um, to make them laugh so they go out with me or something. Yeah. yeah. He, he came up and prodded me on the chest and he went, if you don't come to church with me on Sunday, you're a chicken, which wow. is a very clever strategy for getting a bloke along. So I agreed to go and again, cutting out a lot of detail on the Sunday night, I was waiting inside the front of my house. I didn't want my dad to see me or mum, see me going to church. I just started going out with my mates and this bloke pulled up in a brown Morris Marina called Doug with Bigsy <laughs> in it. I found out it was Doug when I got in the car. Bigsy said, this is Doug, he's a youth deacon. I'm like, what's a deacon? He went, not an elder. I'm like, what's an elder? Going, like, more important, more important. I'm like, what's that? So I get in the back of this brown Morris Marina, and we're driving along. We stop at the first set of traffic lights, and Doug turned around to Bigsy, and he went, I'm so grateful to God he's given me this car. And I'm like, it's a brown Morris Marina. <laughs> like, if it was a Porsche 911, I'd be doing Kumbaya, wouldn't I? Like, straight away, like, I'm in. Yeah, and yeah, I went yeah. to the went to the church. The service is finishing. They were, they were taking me to what was called the YPF group, the Young Persons Focus Group, for my first indoctrination into church. <laughs> There's a good looking girl on the back row who I fancied. I asked her to go out with me. I said I'll take you to Deep Pan Pizza Factory in Romford, and uh, <laughs> she said I only go out, like classy, you know. Yeah. yeah, and she said I only go out with Christians. I said, Well, I am one. I'm British. Yeah. And that genuine. I thought, well, I am I'm born a Christian. Yeah, That's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. And she said, No, I go to people who met Jesus. And I went, Well, I have. She went, No, you haven't. I can tell. <laughs> uh, a week a week later, I faked a conversion. Nice. I looked it up. We've all been I, there. I used the language. <laughs> she saw through me. Yeah. And then um six months later, I got invited to a church weekend in Clacton. Mm. And it, which is brilliant. This bloke called Tony offered to pay for me. Uh, and at the time I was captain of Essex judo squad and he said, there's a gym, there's a bar. I paid for you, but you've got to listen to the talks. I shook his hand and agreed. The bloke was speaking called Robert Scott, who was an ex-para who'd become a Methodist minister. I couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> How do you go from being a para to a Methodist minister? Mm. I, I think I said to someone something like they both kill people, one out of boredom, one with a gun. <laughs> That's the only similarity, you know, uh, but he preached a message of Jesus. Like repeatedly with conviction and passion mm. for the weekend. It's like Jesus is the Son of God. He did live. No one's going to disprove that. He did die. The resurrection is you cannot disprove it. It happened. It's changed the world. 
And he didn't just mm. die for old, he died for you. And he'll change your life, he'll change your destiny. He'll make you the man you know you ought to be or the woman you know you ought to be, 100%. Bang, bang, bang. And I came out of that weekend thinking, these Christians are annoying mm. because they've got a peace about them that I haven't got. They're securing something, I haven't got it, and I can't touch it. But I, I changed my philosophy. I went from being what I'd describe as an atheist to... um yeah, I'll put God in my back pocket. And if there's a problem, then, mm. you know, I could pray. Because I remember once my mum nearly died and my dad said to me, all we can do, son, is pray. Wow. So that's that's where I came to. But that Sunday night, I went we went back from Clacton to Hornchurch and uh, Robert Scott was doing a sign-off service. He was preaching and he stopped his message. There were about 200 people there. And he said, um, there's a... There's someone here who needs to give their life to Jesus. If you don't stand up now and give your life to Jesus Christ, my son, you won't go on to do all the things I've told you to do and all the things I put in your heart to do with your life. Words to that effect. And then said, this isn't Robert speaking, it's God speaking. And I'm like, no, it looks like Robert, you nutter. <laughs> then he, then he I said again, says no, he's in my image, like, well, come on, lad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, you, you're nuts. And he said again, this isn't God speaking, this is, this isn't Robert speaking, yeah. it's God speaking. If you don't stand up now, everything will be wasted. And realized I was standing up wow. and sobbing. Wow. I was just sobbing. Mm. And then, again, I cut a lot of detail out because of time, but basically there were two elders in the church called Ron. One was Ron Blows, one was Ron Aldridge. One was tall, one was short. You couldn't make it up. <laughs> and they came over to me and they said, we, we need to talk to you in the back room. I thought, what are they going to do? Tap me out. What, what's going to happen? They're going to slot me, you know. <laughs> but they, they, they led me into the back room which I think is called a vestry, mm. sat me on the chair and said, what do you believe? And I said, I don't believe nothing, Ron. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Mm. And they basically said, look, you don't know and we don't know, so we'll talk to you next week. And they went to walk <laughs> out of the room. And I went, I'm like, Ron, 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 come back. <laughs> One of you, come and back. And I came back and I went, I don't know what I believe, Ron, but I know that Jesus died for me and I don't know why. Mm. And they started crying. They pulled me out of the chair and they went, young man, that's all you need to know. Jesus wow. died for you. Wow. wow! And they led me out the back of the vestry and they shouted out to church, Carl was lost, but now he's found. And I'm like, I'm in on church. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know where I am. And then the girl that I fancied that I kept going back to ask her out, came over and gave me a kiss. Oh. And I thought I should have done that six months ago. <laughs> uh, but she, she became my wife. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Amazing. Um, and she actually, I've got, hold on a minute. Go on. This is this is the Bible that she gave me. Wow. Uh, which has fallen apart. And uh, she actually wrote in this, uh, which is, I've got a missing page somewhere. Uh, she wrote in this, I love you, Carl, and I always will. Oh. Which I've kept. I've kept that uh, mm. as a get-out-of-jail-free card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Remember your old um, this, love. <laughs> I've got it. It's written the, in the Bible. The next morning, the I didn't next smoke morning, this I went page. down to my, um, I went down to my dad, and um, I said to him, "Dad, I'm not joining the British Army anymore because I met Jesus last night, and I'm fighting battles for him instead." And what? he didn't even look up from the frying pan. And he went, "You still fancy girls, didn't you, son? That's the main <laughs> thing." <laughs> so that was that was my first attempt at evangelism, yeah. but I never looked back. From that day, I, I went up back upstairs and I prayed and I opened my Bible, which I didn't read. It opened my yeah. old Hebrews, which I smoked back to in my first Bible. <laughs> opened up to Hebrews thirteen five, and it says, "Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you." Mm. And that has been my story ever since. 
That's what's kept me going. And your your years. life has been so radically different. And like, I, I mean, from uh, we've know each other a little bit, Carl. From the outside, you know, just an adventurous life. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot yeah, of people would say up, would be like, oh right, I'm just gonna if I become a Christian, it's like almost like a defeat. Like, oh great, that means life's over. You know, a lot of our lads <laughs> yeah. would think, oh, I'll leave that till as late as possible. But that's not mm. been your story, really, has it? I mean. Is there a, is there a message you'd have for lads who kind of maybe there's this niggling feeling in their minds, you know, even when you're saying you're saying that and thinking, you know, I'm I, my background's not dissimilar from Carl. I couldn't imagine myself, you know, becoming a Christian, but there is something nagging in me that thinks that what he's saying that is true. You know, what would what would your message be for people about about faith and and Christianity if they're if they're in that position? Well, uh, being honest, there's a cost. Mm, like yeah. you know jesus will take you to the wire because mm. he wants to fashion you mold you shape you for you to become the man you know deep down you ought to be uh, and only jesus christ can take you there mm. and the only he can change your destiny but the other thing is he will he will gradually erode and eradicate the things in your life that are doing you in mm. and he will amplify and develop and build the things that will release you to to glorious things mm. if you cooperate with him and Although it can seem like, oh, this holiness thing, oh, oh, this narrow path thing they talk about, and you know, walking with Jesus means I've got to give this and that up. It's not like that. Mm. Like, if you follow Christ, you come alive. Mm. I mean, honestly, the, the things I've got involved in, the things I've done, I'm like, I'm just a kid from Dagenham. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the most eloquent, as you can tell. You know, I'm not the sharpest ticket, but if you follow Christ, it is a beautiful adventure. Mm. And when you die, that ain't it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so it, it for me. It, it he is still in the process of making me the person I know I ought to be. But my life is immeasurably full of joy, mm. really. Mm. For all the pain and the ups and downs, we've yeah. had. I've had my traumas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, bad yeah, yeah. traumas. Yeah. But 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 yeah, we've. I can't conceive of life without Christ at all. No. Wow. I mean, that's the word that comes up when we interview people like this, isn't it? Yeah. On these Zoom ones that we've done, these extra ones. Is this adventure? Yeah, that's the that's the word that gets said a lot. It, yeah. It's an adventure. Um, yeah, you do stuff that you never dreamed you'd ever do or get involved in. You know, it's just the adventure mm. of faith. And I, and I think it's important. I think there was a time in, when the church was selling Jesus as this like free ticket yeah. to fix you know to fix everything, and life yeah. was so perfect. But it was a miss sale, really, because that's not my, been my experience. Well, that's why people gave up, wasn't it? I would say. Because yeah, it's you, false teaching. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they get told it's that not it's going to be brill, and then something happens, and they go, "Oh, where's God?" Kind yeah. of thing. You know what yeah. I mean? But no, that's so, that's not what the Bible story says as no. you read through it. That's not that's not it. But there's something about that. Uh, the Bible puts it about life being fuller isn't it life to the full yeah. and that's been that's been my experience not that it's easier sometimes harder yeah sometimes it is harder but the fact that you're not yeah. you're not in the fight on your own are you anymore no. you're not in no. it you've got someone no, who's got I mean, your back i said to god you know I, i'll follow you wherever you tell me to go and i'll do whatever you ask me to do no matter what mm. and that that has come at great cost mm. Mm. um but but there's joy in it and fullness of life. You know, I look back and I think the things I've managed to get involved in and do would never have happened without Jesus. Mm. But even like sustaining my family through terrible traumas at times and mm. 
you know, health challenges. And, yeah. you know, I'm navigating some potential health challenges at the moment. But people are saying to me, uh, who know me closely here, how can you stay so joyful through the, the trials and the challenges? I'm like, well, if you see anything good in me, that's only because of the one who's greater than me working in me. Mm. And that's what he's done. He's giving me life to the full. And it just keeps bubbling up. I don't wow. mean I've, I don't have my bad days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Another thing I, I know time's getting on, but yeah. a couple, one thing I did want to touch on Cole, because obviously we, we, this is called Wednesday night at Finnegan's. We're doing this in <laughs> Alan's bar yeah, yeah, in his back garden, yeah. you know, also for, for, for a lot of us some. and for secret location. Not, in, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing I think, you know, for a lot of my mates and that alcohol is a central part of life. Not, not, you know, yeah. in terms of growing up, every family occasion, every, you know, lots of key mm. moments in life would normally have happened in the pub or kind of alcohol, alcohol have been a part of that. And I know for some people, alcohol is destructive as well. It's, you know, it's, it's a, mm. it's a horrible mm. um, evil for, for some people in yeah. their lives. But I, I'm, I'm aware that for, for you recently, you've kind of started mm. this journey of sobriety. And so mm. I think it'd be really interesting, you know, especially as we, you know, at, uh, the gathering and that, you know, that's one of the, the things that's amazed me is kind of there's lads who with a pint in the service, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to, to hear about, hear about your experience with that. What led you to do that? How you, you found it? Were you going to say something there? Right? I was just going to say, cause I'm almost not going the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually leaning in. I've actually somehow, and now I've opened a brewery. I, I don't. I, li- <laughs> I haven't brewed any beer yet, but I've right. opened a brewery, and, and the idea is to brew beer and 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 use the profits to feed the poor, kinds of thing. You know, yeah. do projects yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's the idea. So I'm leaning into the culture a bit more, um, and you're doing this sober leader thing, sobriety stuff. Yeah. So, and I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not saying. I'm doing right on no, no, and, just... and, I, and I actually think I'm going back to a bit of monasticism that you said, you know, because they used to brew yeah, beer yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so it's a it's a bit yeah. of a an opposite journey, and yet possibly still doing really good stuff. Yeah, do you get what I mean? Definitely. Anyway, sorry. So how did you? Yeah, um... so uh, yeah, all wow. it was. I mean, I, like like you then. I mean, I loved the beer, and I knew my wines. Mm. Um, I really did. But over a two and a half year journey, which I think is how long it took, I've been sober now for fifteen months, mm. completely dry. That's incredible. I, mm. I, um, yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, I was exploring it, and um, a member of my family was horrendously abused in the worst possible way by by a secret alcoholic, and so that sort. Of, but I still carried on drinking after that. But it sort of made me question, you know, the role of alcohol in society. Mm. And then um, I was going to ministers' gatherings, church leader gatherings, and national leader gatherings, and people getting on it a bit too much, and mm. you know, and and basically, I I wasn't being judgmental. I just thought, what if, like, I was thinking to myself, what if God's put something in my life, but I'm numbing it? Mm. What if I'm blunting the sharp edge of what God's doing in me? You know, the verse one Peter five eight in the Bible says, "Be sober minded and alert." And I know you can be sober minded in all kinds of ways. Yeah. But I thought, well, you know, maybe. Anyway, one one long story short. Again, one one night we've been out with the CVM boys and the beers have been consumed, not too much, but had a few pints. Mm. And I thought I'll call it a night. And I went up to my premier in room, laid on my bed, and wrote sobriety day in my diary. You know, after a few beers. Mm. And uh, didn't tell anyone. I thought, I just won't tell anyone. See what happens. I didn't have a drink for a week. The next week, I was uh, down in Buckinghamshire 
to preach at a church. And I took Karen with me to get a hotel overnight, preach in the morning, have a nice meal out, and then potter about a bit and have a slow journey home. So we pulled up at a hotel and I said to Karen, let's, let's, there's a lovely restaurant 45 minute walk away. And I thought we'd get a bottle of wine or have a couple of beers. Totally forgot about the sobriety day thing. Mm. While I was walking to the restaurant, I had this, this overwhelming feeling. I thought, well, should I have a beer or a bottle of wine? And suddenly I could imagine it choking me. Like it was constricting my throat. Mm. I thought, oh yeah, I wrote sobriety day down. Mm. Forgot about that. Anyway, I didn't say anything to Karen again. And, uh, and by the way, she's not a Karen. She's a really peaceful character. <laughs> so um, when we got to the restaurant, I ordered scallops and black pudding with a lime and soda. And Karen sort of looked at me across the table like, that's not normal. Mm. Anyway, at that moment, mm. this bloke walked in who's in his 40s, absolutely trolled. I mean, badly drunk with his two elderly parents who are in their 70s, 80s. And uh, he started talking incredibly offensively about women he wanted to have sex with. Mm. Like it was diabolical language. Mm. And then he leaned over to me. He was sitting right close to me, next table. He leaned over to me. He went, what do you think I should do, mate? So I just turned around to him and went, I think you should talk more quietly and less effect- uh, offensively, mate, mm. actually. Well, I was a bit, bit loud because I haven't really got a, a conflict filter, you know. So <laughs> this bloke... Uh, uh, sat back in his chair and then I noticed the whole restaurant had gone quiet. So I leaned around, I turned around again and went, no, 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 no. So I didn't say don't talk. I said, just talk quietly, less offensively. So I can have a lovely meal. Yeah. And then turned back to Karen and went, she's a really peaceful person. I went, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. I didn't mean to embarrass you. And then the parents leaned over and went, we're so sorry for our son. You know, it's all awkward. And Karen said something that changed my life. She said, oh, no, I liked it. I went, why? She said, you made me feel safe. And I said, why is that? She said, because if you'd had a drink, you probably would have pushed him back in his chair. Mm, interesting. You, you, you took command in a really peaceful way. Mm. And I think if you'd had a drink, it would be different. And this bomb went off in my brain. I was a moderate drinker. Mm. Sometimes could drink too much. Like we all can, because mm-hmm. they're so easy to do because mm-hmm. the alcohol hits you later, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to Karen, have you cursed me? She <laughs> said, why is that? And I said, well, you know, I like a wine or a beer, but I've been doing this thing for a week and I, I, and I felt choked on the way to the restaurant. She went, no, I haven't cursed you. But I've been praying in the background. If there's anything that's stopping you entering into the fullness of God's purposes for your life, it'd be revealed. I said, well, I think I need to stop drinking. She said, well, pray about it. Anyway, over the next week or two, I did pray about it. And then I preached a message at a church and three people became Christians independently of each other, all recovering alcoholics. Then I started thinking, well, maybe I could drink with one or two people that I trust. Mm. And then I preached again and the same thing happened again. And I felt basically God was saying to me, don't drink. Mm. So I stopped drinking. uh, I thought, I don't know how long this is going to last. And I put a thing out on Facebook that if any leaders want to join me, I know the church is not a safe place to chat if you're a church leader and you're struggling with the source. Mm. And uh, a load of people started joining this closed Facebook group. And then um, I made a vow to God one day. I said, I promise you, God, as long as I live, I'll never let ethanol intentionally touch my bloodstream again. And at that wow. moment, every single bit of desire for any alcohol left my life. Mm. Like 100%. I have no desire for alcohol again. And now a year on, 50 months on, we've got 225 leaders going sober. 
mm. who, you know, some of whom have had serious struggles. I, you know, I still have a bar at the gathering. I yeah. buy me mates <clears> of beer. Mm. I know that some people can drink moderately. I don't think it's biblical to say you should not drink. I don't agree with that. Mm. But I think that God is calling some people to a, a greater holiness and, and sobriety. It's right for them. And I think there is some church leadership is a brutal job is mm. ministry leadership. Mm. And, and it's an easy medication and some people can't be moderate. So what I say to people is I'm not a moderate person. That is obvious. You know, I don't take up jogging. I have to go and run a mountain marathon. I don't start cycling. I've got to cycle across four countries. You know, I, I, you know, I set up a sober thing. It's got to be a global movement. I mean, nothing I do is moderate ever. Yeah. I'm a nutter. But the same applied to drink. I couldn't imagine why leave half a bottle of wine on the side, drink mm. it. I don't yeah. do it. I don't understand moderation. Yeah. So for some of us is, so I, you know, I had rules like I won't drink Monday to Friday. And then I'm thinking, why do I need that rule? Mm. Why mm. do I need that? Interesting. I yeah. just won't drink. Yeah. So I quit yeah. and I feel fantastic. After a month, I had this euphoria come into my life. Mm. I just felt this joy and I started hearing God more and amazing things started happening. Um, yeah, and I, and I've not looked back. The weirdest thing is, though, I I'm I've got some health challenges. We'll talk about more another time. But that happened after I got sober. So I'm like, here you go, quit drink, lose weight, get fit, get healthy. <laughs> yeah. How does that How does that work? You're not selling it to Don't us, mate. Everyone. I'm no. not about to die. I'm not about to die. But I've yeah. you know I'm, I've had 51 years of full health, and now yeah. suddenly I've got a few snags. That could yeah. be age, but it is ironic. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's the journey. That's the journey. Wow. I've, I've opened a brewery just as you're stopping. You, yeah. you could put me out of business. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Can you do a zero? Can you do a zero yeah. version? I'll try. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I might bring a battle to the gathering one year. You never yeah. know. I'm just going to let me dog out. Look, I've got a yeah, 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 nice. Food. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go ahead, mate. Go, go ahead. ahead. Sound. Um, we're getting Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Yeah, I think, especially for, I think, a lot of our lads who would just find that that in itself just stopping the ale just such a foreign foreign concept like yeah. maybe that, that goes back to again what we're saying you know in terms of following jesus it's not you know there's a sacrifice along the way yeah, yeah. there but, is it, yeah. but again and it sounds like there's been life in that that you found life oh, in that amazing honestly tom i feel genuinely fantastic i haven't mm. had a bad morning in 15 months um, with the money I saved, my German Shepherd died during COVID, so mm. I bought a Cavapoo. Yeah. <laughs> with the money, with the money I saved, yeah. I mean, wow. but I do genuinely feel, honestly, fantastic, and I love being out with the boys. I love going down the pub. It's yeah. not affected my relevant my relevance at all. In fact, I've got a local councillor down the road, um, liked a beer. He used to buy me bottles of pink lemonade when he found out I'd gone sober. But he'd stop. He'd stop drinking, and I've had a whole bunch of people around me because they saw how much life it brought into me. Wow! But you know, the the monasteries were famed for their fine ales, and yeah. I, I wish you all the success. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people, if people want to find, they can follow, follow you on social media if they want to explore some more of that journey? Can they, Carl? If people are, are feeling resonating with what you're saying, they're thinking maybe. They need to, um, you know, they're, they're yeah. being challenged on that kind of thing. Can they, can they, is that social media somewhere they can go? I think you'd be yeah, doing yeah. sober so, stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm obviously on Facebook. You just search for Beaches, a page, or Carl Beach, and then Sober Leader uh, yeah. for church leaders or ministry leaders. Great. And also, um, you follow me on Instagram. I put a few videos up on Carl F. Beach on Insta. Okay. Um, and I've been working with Simon Thomas a bit of that from Sky Sports. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been sharing his journey of sobriety too, and we're doing some stuff together. We've got a podcast as well called Last Orders. 
Yeah. Great. So you can check that out. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, Brilliant. Go. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, Carl, what we do normally with each of our guests before we um, finish for the night in Finnegan's is we have a... Yeah. It's 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 quite an exclusive membership list that we've got mm. at Finnegan's, and basically we just don't we don't let anyone in like and off the street, do we? No, not it's not secret. just anyone. No, <laughs> not, not just anyone. And so we basically people tell a bit of a story, and we get a bit of you know obviously right. we get a bit of a feel for them. Then see if they they can become a VIP. See if they can member. become a member. And so if, if it goes well, get them on the wall. We lad. stick them on the wall. That's yeah. what happens. They go on the membership list. They can whenever they're in the northwest, they can pop in. Have a, you know. Well, for yourself, have an have a, percent, have, have a, a pink, coffee, pink whatever, lemonade. pink lemonade, yeah, that type of stuff. And, and so that's if it goes well. If it goes badly, um, and we've had to ban a couple, didn't it? it got a bit violent in Finnegan's well, the other well, week. Facebook banned of, someone off, didn't they? 48-hour bans there, yeah. wasn't it? On Facebook. <laughs> got a bit lively. Yeah, for A bit violence, lively. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so if that happens... You're then, bad, lad. Well, you're yeah. bad. And sadly, we'd still we'd still come to the gathering, but yeah, we just we would just blank you have to talk in a really unchristian yeah, manner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, if you've got a story, Carl, to pitch yourself for the the VIP members list, mate, we'd we'd love to hear it. Um. Well, uh, don't don't hate me for this, but I used to be a banker. Okay. Well, oh, it's not the, started in well. Early, in the early nineties, <laughs> in the early nineties, I was one of them. Yeah, making of money. Huge <laughs> dollars of cash, which I then spent on planting churches. Years later, but wow. Yeah, for three years I was a salesman in a bank, mm. and um, I was dealing with a lot of high net worth individuals, people with a lot of money to tuck away, or companies have money to tuck away. Anyway, this this bloke came in for this meeting, and it it was an after hours meeting. I used to use different bank branches offices to have these meetings all over the West End and the city. And uh, I was in Hanover Square in the West End meeting this guy after hours. And he kind of came in wearing a suit with an overcoat. And I remember thinking, there's something, there's something not quite right. And uh, when I went out to shake his hand, he had a he had a prosthetic arm. Okay. And uh, he had that, yeah. <laughs> It's like, a 90s prosthetic arm. So it was like a bit, bit of a plastic. There like, was a one arm man like in a mannequin my room. hand. It was just like a plastic hand. Yeah. So I like, awkwardly shook this hand. Anyway, we're having this meeting and uh, and he had a lot of money to tuck away. So this was a good bit of business, like really good. And then we start talking in detail. I said, well, not being subtle, you know, it's London. I went, what happened? You know, how'd you, how'd you lose your arm? He said, well, part of my money comes from quite a big insurance payout. I was involved in a car crash and my arm was ripped off. Oh. And uh, so he starts talking about all of this and he had a big payout of negligence from the juggernaut that he hit and various other things. Plus he'd had a business and various other things. And, and so he said, that's that's a source of my money. Mm. So we, we sit there. So I've got a really detailed grasp of this now. And we we sit there and we work out where to put all this money. And I'm thinking, I'm gonna. There's a lot of commission in this. <laughs> like I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna siphon off a fair bit of this. This is a good good bit of business as a young mm. married guy. Anyway, the meeting finished after about an hour and a half. First initial meeting. And um, as we leave in my office, which was a glass office in a banking hall, and I could see there is a, by the counter, just behind the counter of the bank. The cashiers were putting some stuff into a safe. Like, not all the money, but you know, bits and pieces and receipt things and going. So, we're walking out of the office 
And I said to him, like, to this day, I cringe. And I went, some people give their right arm to be locked in the bank with a safe open. <laughs> oh, to this day. And this bloke, he's standing there about to shake my hand with a plastic hand. Oh. And I'm like... <laughs> and I went, I just sort of froze. I went into oh. meltdown. I just froze. And he just walked off and never returned my calls. Oh, that was it. He didn't <laughs> do the deal with that you. That was it. Commission oh. gone. He was properly traumatised. <laughs> Some people get their right arms we locked yeah. in the bank. Wow. <laughs> and, and to this day, I've never been famed for my subtlety. Wow. Or nuance. No. Well, well it. sounds like it. <laughs> sounds like go. it's someone who would fit right in in Finnegan's. Does, that, does it? You would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be very at home here, mate. You'd be very oh, at home. Well, yeah. I think yeah. you're going on the wall, Carl, for definite, mate. Thank you, mate. Would you want to be? Safe. How do you prefer to be referred to on the wall? Would, beachy. Is it beachy, 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 yeah. beachy. Is he gone? Go up here. Here we go. Yeah, brilliant. I feel honoured, boys. Well, I'm emotional, to be well, honest. Well, honoured to have, that's, yes. Uh, yeah. You know, you never expected this, did you, mate? But you've, uh, no, you've do, hit mate. new... It's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle I've, I've hit the top. I don't know where to go from this. <laughs> that's it. You just spend the day now just in existential yeah. crisis. Just Feeling thinking, the glory. What that's do it. I do I've now? Peaked. I've peaked. <laughs> Very good. Carl, uh, I also wanted to mention you've got a podcast with Nathan Blackaby, haven't you? A CVM type Yeah, Beachy and Blackers. Beachy yeah. and Blackers. Beachy and Blackers podcast. Yeah, so, check it out. So if you're into your podcast, yeah. go and find Beachy that one as well. Yeah. That's and great. CVM means Christian Vision for Men. Yeah. That's just where we yeah. keep saying CVM. And Christian not Vision really, for Men. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take, we'll, we'll take a group that. of lads from Finnegan's we down. So we'll see you there. We will. Look forward to seeing you in the field near Swindon. We look forward to it. All that's left to do, I think, is last orders. time, yeah. So time, gentlemen, please. <laughs> yes, Beachy. Thanks so much, mate. We appreciate your time Thank and you. uh, look Cheers, forward mate. to catching up again soon, mate. Cheers, mate.